What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and we've got another back-to-back solo episode week for you. Um, I have some amazing guests. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Jay Ferrugia. That was one of my favorite conversations. And I've got some incredible guests lined up, some big names that I cannot share. But this week, you're stuck with just me. So I hope that's okay. Um, Before we jump into the topic, which is how to avoid weight regain, which is a serious problem. Look, the reality is we do not have a weight loss problem in this world. We have a weight maintenance problem. We have a weight regain problem. The statistics are quite alarming. But before I get into that, I wanted to just shout out to Mind Over Macros listeners uh, who had the um, who were kind enough to reach out to me and send me some incredible messages. So I just wanted to take an opportunity to shout you out and say how much I appreciate it. Um, the first, I don't know if your name is Sophie because I'm basing it off of your Instagram handle, but Sophie, um, thank you so much for the comments. Sophie, I believe is Swedish living in Shanghai. So really cool to have like the international presence um, on the show, which, which truly means the world to me and sent me some voice messages about how much the podcast has changed her life and her perspective on nutrition. Um, and it was just an amazing uh, conversation. We were sending each other some voice memos. So I always appreciate the outreach. And then also Lisa, uh, Lisa reached out and said that a group of uh, like workout buddies have been listening to the show together and ended up joining the Neurotype Challenge um, and just talked about how much uh, their you know group of friends has you know have been enjoying the podcast. So thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you so much, Sophie. Um, I really appreciate the direct outreach and comments because um, that's why I do this. <laughs> you know, I, I really it is my therapy. And it's my opportunity to just get the stuff out of my head and and just be able to share it in some type of platform. And the fact that you actually enjoy listening is an amazing thing, something that I will be forever grateful for. Um, And in regards to the Neurotype Challenge, by the time this episode is released, registration will have been closed. So if you missed it, um, you're going to want to at least join the Facebook group or get on my email list. Um, so that you don't miss the next one or follow me on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. So that way, if we do another one and depending on how this one goes, I'm not sure yet if we will do another one, but uh, hopefully this one will go really well and we'll set one up um, sometime down the road, but make sure that you are staying connected in the Facebook group, which is just the personality diet and neurotype training Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Um, or you can just join my email list by going to neurotypetraining.com. So I think we've got all of the you know, preliminary stuff out of the way so we can get into the topic, which is how to avoid weight regain. And I, I think this is really what more people need to be talking about in our industry. A lot of, a lot of us, let's just group us all together. A lot of us want the answer to weight loss, fat loss. How do I get leaner? How do I look better? And all of that's well and good. You can absolutely have your physical goals and you should, and it's totally fine to pursue them. However, what happens most of the time 
is you get there, but then you can't sustain it. Most of the time we achieve that, that goal, or we at least make progress towards that goal, but then we rebound and we end up in this you know, frustrating cycle of losing and gaining and losing and gaining. I am the king of that, or I should say I was the king of that. Fortunately, I've been able to learn some things along the way and work smarter. However, when I was first starting my fitness journey, I'm, I remember my first goal ever was 200 pounds. I was like 250 and I was probably heavier than 250 when I started, but that was the first time I weighed myself uh, when I realized that things were seriously out of control. And I set that 200 goal mark. I'm pretty sure that I went below and above 200 at least a dozen times. And that is very conservatively speaking. I'm talking about like dieting, getting below 200, gaining it all back. Dieting, getting below 200, gaining most of it back. Um, going down that path more times than I can even count. So it's very common. Um, understand that the statistics, and, and most people are familiar with this research, but in case you haven't heard it, I'm going to repeat it again because it's worth mentioning because these stats are so freaking alarming. Five out of six people who pursue weight loss will be successful in achieving that weight loss. Of those people, 95 plus percent will have gained it all back within three years. And of those people that gain it all back, 33 to 67%, this is where the research is a little bit murky, but somewhere in the range of 33 to 67% of those people will have gained it back plus interest. Those odds are terrible. Now, I've heard people argue that the research is outdated. What's interesting is I went and looked at updated research and it's getting worse. So now the speculation is that it could be as high as 98% of people that gain the weight back within three years. Now, I'm assuming that when we pursue a fat loss goal, when you have physical results that you want to achieve, that you are not just in it for a short-term gain, that you are hoping to maintain those results. Now, that might not always be the case, if you are prepping for a show, if you're a you know bodybuilding competitor, if you're a bikini competitor, if you are prepping for a photo shoot, you may only be looking for a short-term result. But I'm assuming that you don't want to gain everything back plus interest. So the important question becomes, how do we prevent weight regain? And that's exactly what I want to break down especially from you know a timing perspective, because as I'm recording this, it is Saturday, April 10th when I'm recording, which means that everyone is kind of realizing that summer is not very far away. And most of us end up in this like, oh shit, I really got to get leaner for summer mindset. You know, the best time to plan for summer was like six months ago. And no, that doesn't mean that you should have been dieting for the last six months. If you've been listening to the show, that means that you should have been kind of approaching things from a sustainability standpoint for the last, hopefully, six months and longer. But 
most of the time, that's not how it works. So I'm not talking about those of you who have followed me and have been you know, doing coaching with us and understand the process. I'm talking about the majority of people uh, like how I was in the past where it would be like, oh my God, I have to get leaner for summer. And it was like two months away or six weeks away or four weeks away. And I'm like, all right, time to crash diet. And I would cut everything out of my life and I would try and sprint to the finish line. So it was like, let me just rip this Band-Aid off real quick. Um, you know, most of the time we, we end up in this like mindset of things have been so hectic and crazy, especially now that, you know, it's almost like we wake up from this slumber and we realize that I haven't been taking care of myself. We realize that things have been super stressful and I've just been head down and, you know, work or making sure that the kids are okay or dealing with, you know, whatever it is that's going on in your life. And then you realize like my clothes aren't fitting that well. Summer's right around the corner. I'm going to be wearing less clothes. So that is when that mindset comes in and it's like, oh shit, I need to rip this bandaid off. So we end up doing things in an extreme fashion, which is like, all right, I'm not going to, um, I'm going to start tracking everything. I'm going to, I'm not going to drink any more alcohol. Um, I'm not going to go out anymore. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to, you know, have any restaurant meals. I'm going to avoid social events. I'm going to reduce my carbs super low and I'm just going to suck this up for the next, you know, few weeks, two months, whatever the time frame is. And then I'm just going to go back to normal, which is like the most um, alarming phrase ever. Whenever I hear somebody say that, and I hear it quite a bit, I know that there's going to be problems, that trouble is ahead. It's like, I just need to do this thing and then I'll go back to normal. But what happens when you go back to normal, normal is what got you in this mess in the first place because normal actually wasn't normal. And our definition of normal isn't actually normal because we've been riding this diet roller coaster for freaking decades and centuries. We, we have to think differently about how we approach sustainable fat loss. It's not working. If 98% of people are failing, normal is the problem, right? So then we say, all right, let me do this thing and then go back to normal. Well, the thing that we're doing is so deeply removed from what normal normally looks like that it ends up putting you in this position of gaining all the weight back and you know, ending up in a, in a cycle of restrict and binge or ending up obsessed with your food choices and feeling this anxiety around your social life or you know what to eat or how do I weigh and measure everything. And you end up piling on extra stress that is certainly not needed in your life. And that is where we find ourselves constantly. Tell me if I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. But from my experience personally, and then also anecdotally and working with thousands of people at this point, I've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over again, and this is more the, the norm than anything else. So again, we need to break out of the cycle. We need to think differently about how we approach it. So you know, typically when we end up ripping the Band-Aid off and we end up saying, I'm going to cut calories really low, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to eat you know, carbs, I'm not going to go out, just remember that what you do to attain it is what you need to do to sustain it. Okay, so I'm going to give you a perfect example. Um, 
there was a time in my life where I was a weekend warrior, where I would cut calories really, really low on the weekend. I'm on the week. And then every weekend would just be like, I was, I would drink a lot. I was very social. I would eat a lot and basically ruin all of the progress that I made. So I kept going through this cycle every single week. It was like starting back at square one and every single weekend, it was like ruining all the progress I made all week. Then I decided I'm going to go cold Turkey. And I was like, you know what? I need to stop with all of this. No more social events, no more going out, no more drinking. I cut out alcohol. I cut out, you know, restaurant meals. I wasn't going to order in anymore and I lost weight and I started seeing progress and that was all well and good. And then guess what happened? I wanted to actually live my life. I wanted to be able to drink socially. I wanted to be able to see my friends. So the minute I started doing those things again, I started gaining the weight back. Now, I did need to cut back on the amount of drinking and eating that I was doing each weekend. But the fact that I tried to remove all of that completely was like basically saying to myself that I wanted to live in a world where alcohol didn't exist, where friends didn't exist and where, you know, social events didn't exist and restaurant meals didn't exist. If that's the world that I wanted to live in, then fine. It would have been sustainable, but that's not the world that I want to live in. I don't want to live in a world without ice cream. I don't want to live in a world without pizza. So I know that I have to figure out how to incorporate those things into the process. Just remember that what you do to attain it is what you'll need to do to sustain it. So when you think about, all right, I just need to cut out carbs. I just need to cut out sugar. I just need to stop doing this and that. Like you may need to cut back on certain things, but if you cut them out, you're basically saying that's the the lifestyle I need to live in order to sustain those results. Now, even when it comes to cutting back, sometimes that can, you know, be a temporary thing. Um, I'll give you another personal example. I am cutting right now. I'm cutting and things are going pretty well. I'm making progress. I am not drinking as much now. Um, I'm maybe having like one drink every other week. Normally, I have two drinks per week. So it's a big difference. The results that I get, because I do want to be leaner going into summer, the results that I get I will not maintain that level of leanness when I incorporate more uh, more flexibility down the road. So I still have flexibility in my life now. I can still have a drink. In fact, tonight I will be getting a burger and fries so I can still enjoy myself and still get leaner. But I also know that I'm not going to stay super lean all the time and I have to pick and choose and understand that. I have to understand that as I increase the level of flexibility that I want in my life, I am going to gain a little bit of weight because that's the trade-off that I decide that works for me. So just remember that even if you significantly cut back or if you try to eliminate something, think about the sustainability factor. Most of the time, just you know, here's another thing about human psychology. We are, as humans, we are feeling beings that think. We are not thinking beings that feel. That needs to be said again. We are feeling beings that think. We are not thinking beings that feel. And the reason I say that is because when we're in the moment, we think, yeah, this is doable. 
I'm just going to cut these things out. I'm just going to go cold turkey. I'm just going to white knuckle my way through it. I can do this. And then we start to feel the emotions of what that'll feel like when we look so good in that bathing suit, when we're you know a lot leaner, when we get those 20 pounds off, we start to emotionally feel what that will feel like and how much better that will feel. Maybe that's a good thing um, in terms of like pursuing your goals because you know the value of achieving those goals because you can feel it. However, sometimes it comes at the cost of logically thinking about what it's going to take to maintain those things or if the method is actually sustainable. So we put logic aside because we feel first and then we think second. Um, that is a psychological fact. So uh, we we are an emotional species. So remember that if you have self-awareness, if you have awareness around that fact, then you can set yourself up for success and think a little bit more practically about, is this really what I want my life to look like? Do I really want to sacrifice all these things? Do I really want to have to obsess over every single food decision or have anxiety anytime a friend invites me to go out uh, to dinner or anything like that? Just think about practically. So try to try to reverse, you know, kind of the the script on your brain and think about it from a practical perspective and say, you know what? I do want that goal. I do want to achieve that goal, but I also know because I've been down this road before that what's most important for me is that I achieve that goal and I sustain it and that I actually feel good throughout the process. So what do we need to do? The good news is that we can stop falling into that same trap. The good news is that we can completely hop off that roller coaster ride and we can take that exit, you know, walk that exit, right? Like there's that big red exit sign. You're sitting in this trap or this cycle of rinse and repeat, restrict and binge, uh, cut calories really low, gain your weight back. And there's this big red exit sign. It's right there. You can walk towards it. So you absolutely can still look your best over the summer, but you don't have to put your mind and body in a prime position to regain everything and watch all of your hard work go out the window. Now, if you want to understand why most people regain it, not just talking about it from like a psychological perspective, like understanding the psychology of it is when you have to always use willpower and you have to white knuckle your way through this process, you're draining your willpower. Uh, you, you are basically setting yourself up to snap. Like you can only white knuckle your way through a process for so long until your, your mind is just like, I don't have anything left. I don't have any willpower left. And then you lose all self-control. And that's when the binging happens. That's when you eat one cookie and it turns into 17 cookies. So psychologically, we understand that. Physiologically, there's a lot going on as well. And essentially, when you are being very restrictive, when you are cutting calories really low, when you are you know, eliminating food groups, when you're being very extreme, your body ends up trying to preserve energy because it perceives that there is this chronic stress that's not going away. And typically, chronic stress is related to lack of, of nutrients coming in, like famine. So in order to protect yourself, your body's like, okay, we need to go find food. So increasing hunger, we need to preserve energy. So let's slow down the metabolic rate. Uh, let's hold on 
to body fat as much as we can because that is stored energy that would you know help you survive. Um, and it decreases your sex hormones. It depresses your immune system. Basically, it's trying to save energy in any way possible. So any process that is energy costly, your body wants to avoid spending that energy because it perceives this chronic stress of like, okay, we need to protect ourselves from starvation. So that's what's happening physiologically, which means that once you start eating, quote unquote, normally, right, that I'm just going to do this and then I'm going to get back to normal. Once you get back to quote unquote normal, your body is basically a sponge at that point. It's like, oh, great food. Finally, we've got some energy coming in. Let's store this so that we don't have to starve again. Let's put this into you know those those energy reserves into body fat so that we don't have this issue anymore. So physiologically, psychologically, it does not make sense to go down that hole yet again. So how do we avoid it? First of all, we can understand everything that I just explained and why it's not a good idea. So awareness is number one. But number two is let's not do anything extreme. Let's not rip the Band-Aid off. So typically what I like to do is say, all right, let's go through a metabolic priming phase first so that we can make sure that fat loss is sustainable and we're doing things more efficiently. Um, you, you understand that if, you're, if you've been chronically under eating and you're like, I really want to lose fat, you're just adding fuel to that fire. You're, throw, you're digging yourself a deeper ditch. Like you're already a little bit, you know, you're, you're below the surface from where you want to be. You have to climb out of this hole and you're like, all right, I just need to lose fat. And now you just start digging that ditch even deeper. So if you've been chronically under eating for a long period of time, the metabolic priming phase is, is not up for discussion. It's really a non-negotiable. You can avoid it because you mentally don't like to hear that. And you can say, you know what? Fuck this guy. I'm not going to listen. I'm just going to do my thing. And then you're just delaying the inevitable. You're putting yourself in a worse position. You are jeopardizing your hormonal health. You're jeopardizing your gut health. You're jeopardizing your immune system. Um, a lot of things, your metabolism. And then you're eventually going to have to take even longer to climb out of that hole. So you can either say like, I'm just going to start climbing out of the hole now and go through this metabolic priming phase, or you can ignore me and say, I'm just going to dig this ditch uh, even deeper. Now, if you've been under eating just a little bit, that's totally fine. You can still utilize some form of priming while you're losing fat. You have to be smart about it. Remember I said that I'm going out for a burger and fries tonight while I'm cutting. The reason for that is because I'm giving myself a diet break. I'm giving myself a refeed day. I'm sending the safety signal to my body. So, um, you know, over the last week or so, you know, things have been getting a little bit more aggressive when it comes to my cut because I want to be, I'm, I'm leaving in two weeks for a trip. I want to be a little bit leaner than I am now, but I don't want to put myself in a position to just gain everything back. So I have to give myself a diet break, a refeed day, even though I've been cutting. So I've been under eating already. So rather than just saying, I'm going to rip the bandaid off and go even harder, I am getting a little bit more aggressive, but I'm also being intelligent about sending the safety signal to my body. And who doesn't want to enjoy a burger and fries while still getting leaner and knowing that you're doing your body good in that, you know, 
trying to send that safety signal. I'm not going to jeopardize my metabolism or my hormones or anything like that just for the sake of trying to make progress that won't last. The other thing that you can do is increase your low intensity activity, dial back the training intensity. But if you looked at my schedule, you'd be surprised at how little I am working out. I get in three workouts per week, three strength training sessions per week. They last about 30 to 40 minutes. I'm not maxing out. I'm not hitting PRs. I'm not hitting one rep maxes. Like I am just getting, basically telling my body that, hey, we still want to hold on to this muscle. We're still using it. I'm not trying to build muscle because that would be, uh, that would be a conflicting goal, you know, trying to lose fat and build muscle at the same time, unless you're brand new, uh, it's very difficult to do. So I'm taking things in phases. Eventually I'll want to build muscle again, but right now I'm focused on fat loss. So I can dial back the intensity because I know that with less food coming in, that's less nutrients available for recovery. Okay. And that's less of the stress management tool that I have in my toolbox. The more food that we have, and there's a point of diminishing returns, but if we're eating at maintenance, we're able to recover more effectively. If we're eating quality food and we're eating mostly at maintenance, recovery should be on point. It's really hard to overtrain in the true sense of overtraining. What most people do is they under-recover. Most people don't overtrain. Most people under-recover. The training amount, you know, sometimes you'll hear people, it's like, yeah, I train five days a week. I do a few days of cardio. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, but you need to be supporting that with, you know, fueling appropriately, both from a quality and quantity standpoint. So now that I am in a deficit and I'm cutting, I know that I don't have as much fuel for recovery. So what I'm doing is more low intensity activity because now I can walk, which will help with recovery. It will also help with me losing body fat, staying staying active. Um, and I'm dialing back the high intensity type stuff. I'm not trying to set the world on fire in the gym. I'm just doing enough to say to my body, hey, we still are using this muscle. So send the safety signal, take diet breaks, eat at maintenance for like two days in a row every single week, you know, give yourself a whole week off of dieting, like make sure that you're taking an intelligent approach. Um, just remember the bottom line is if you're miserable throughout the process, you won't sustain the results, the end period. So don't cut out the things you enjoy. It is okay to cut back but cutting out is a recipe for disaster. And even if you cut back, if you're going to cut back and then you're going to dial it back up, just expect that when you dial that back up, your results will probably suffer a little bit. Okay. It depends on, you know, the, the situation and context, but for the most part, that's accurate. Um, once I start drinking two week, two drinks a week, again, I will probably start to gain a little bit of weight back. It won't be much, but it'll still be a little bit. So I have to be aware of that. Anyway, we also want to prioritize sleep and managing stress as much as possible, not just from the training perspective, like I mentioned, and low-intensity activity, but anything that you can do to help get better sleep, to help stress management, you should absolutely be doing that when you're trying to lose fat. If you want that to be sustainable, remember, recovery. Every dose of stress needs a proper dose of recovery. Um, 
That's just how your body progresses. We impose a stressor and then we have the proper environment for adaptation to occur. If we're not recovering from that stress, then your body is going to adapt in a way that you don't want it to. So, you know, when it comes to prioritizing sleep, you know, having a wind down routine, not being on your phone for all hours of the night, um, you know, just giving yourself time um, and and doing things that put your mind at ease, whether that's like listening to an audiobook or meditating or reading or whatever your thing is, listening to some some music that puts you in kind of that relaxed state. Whatever your thing is, um, taking Limitless PM, which is hands down the king of sleep supplements. Uh, I, I can't wait for this to like officially be launched because every single person that has tried it, like literally on night one has messaged me back and been like, holy shit, I've never slept so well in my life. Um, we've actually had a lot of people start tracking their um, sleep scores with like Aura Ring or their Whoop. Um, and it's been amazing to see the difference between not taking it and taking it. So um, that definitely helps with stress management. You know, obviously, you know, taking a walk, getting out in nature, um, getting some sunlight, having just, you know, some some wind down type activities like, like meditation, um, any type of like deep breathing that you can do. If you can get massages, do that, you know, whatever puts you at ease. Everybody's a little bit different journaling. Um, you know, like I said, listening to podcasts or audiobooks or reading, whatever your thing is, just try and kick that up a notch, especially if you're trying to get leaner, your, your body will thank you. It will respond much more efficiently. Um, another asset that we have is working with your nature, understanding your neurotype, your personality type, because that will create less stress on your system. I did a whole episode on why that is. So you can go back and listen to that. Um, it's called something like reducing stress with neurotyping because of the fact that when you work with the way that your brain works, you're not stressing the system. When you work against your nature, it's creating this level of stress that doesn't need to be there. So um, less stress, it'll improve your mood stability, and that will allow for greater consistency. So that way you're able to progress. Most importantly, listen to your body. Your body knows so freaking much if you just tune in and actually pay attention. Uh, so are you hungry? Like I, I literally, just to, to pause on that one note, I had somebody who came into our Facebook community and basically said, um, I need to learn how to stop binging when I get ravenously hungry. And, and so she thought the issue was binging. I immediately hear that and I say, well, why are you ravenously hungry? That's probably the issue that we're not doing the refeed days or the diet breaks. I had somebody else that, that was um, talking about her nutrition and talking about other programs and was like, you know, I've just never been able to stay successful. And I was like, I'm just going to venture a guess and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just going to just put it out there and guess that all the programs you've tried that you say have been unsuccessful have been very restrictive. They've had a lot of rules that you had to follow. And ultimately, anytime life got in the way, you got off track and couldn't sustain it. She's like, oh my God, that's a thousand percent correct. How did you know? Like, because that's what we do. That is what we do. And it, it hasn't worked. Like I said, it hasn't worked for centuries. We're literally talking about like hundreds of years now that we have research to support that that style does not work, but yet that's all we keep doing. So please listen to your body. It will tell you when things are off. Pay attention to hunger, 
cravings, your energy level, mood, sleep, stress, digestion, sex drive. I did a whole, I wrote a whole post about how dieting impacts your sex life. Uh, that is a very, that's a big red flag. If you don't want to have sex as much, if you're noticing that you're just, you're losing interest or it's becoming less frequent, you're just not as interested. That's a red flag that you are putting too much stress on your body um, and your sex hormones are being decreased because of the physiological response that I mentioned. Most important is let's not rush the process. I know that we sometimes get caught up in this like, I need to get lean for summer mindset, but you'll get there if you just remember progress over perfection. If you just remember to stay consistent and patient and you don't, uh, and you don't try to rip the bandaid off. Okay. So if you understand that one day, one meal, you know, one week is not going to make that big of a difference. So again, this is why sustainability is so, so important. I would rather have more flexibility that allows for more sustainability than try and be super extreme and get things done in half the amount of time, because I know that that won't be sustainable. Those results won't last. So hopefully that all makes sense in how to approach it so that you avoid weight regain. Ultimately, the biggest thing is you should be supporting your body and your metabolism more than you are actively dieting or trying to um, you know, cut calories or do things like that. So metabolic priming is, is a necessity. Eating at maintenance is a necessity. You know, having a level of food freedom and not stressing or obsessing over food is a necessity. Giving yourself unconditional permission to eat is a necessity. This is how we avoid weight regain. Now, the odds are that you know all of this already. I'm not sharing anything groundbreaking or any like secrets that uh, you don't already know. There's a good chance that you've known this for a while and still have fallen, fallen into the same trap because I heard this same message too. And yet I still was that guy who was like, all right, time to diet. I'm going to rip the bandaid off. This time will be different. And then it wasn't any different. I had to make that mistake, you know, 10 times, 12 times before I finally learn the lesson. So the odds are that you know all of this already, but knowing it and actually doing it are very different because again, we are feeling beings that think. We are not thinking beings that feel. So the emotional drive, the feeling of like, I'm not happy with my body or I'm not confident. When I look in the mirror, I don't like what I see. When I put on my clothes, they're tight. They don't fit. That emotional turmoil, that, that, that emotional stirring that happens when we feel those things is enough to make us do some really dumb shit. So understand that we are naturally biased with ourselves. You would tell a friend, you'd be like, hey, listen to Mike, go listen to the Mind Over Macros podcast. This episode is for you. You need to do this. Listen to him. But then for yourself, as you're telling your friend to do that, you're like, all right, time to cut time to cut out alcohol, time to cut carbs. Let's do this, right? So we are inherently biased and subjective when it comes to ourselves. It's hard to see the picture when you're inside the frame. It's hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle. So the solution is actually really simple. Get some expert guidance and accountability. Offload the mental energy that it takes to come up with your own plan and to follow through on your own. Give yourself the, the gift 
of following a proven process that has been repeatedly successful over and over again. And if you are looking, look no further because the POP method is exactly where you should be looking. Uh, We have been doing this successfully for a very long time. The POP method is our six-month signature one-on-one coaching program that will allow you to get the physical results that you desire and completely heal your relationship with food. And we will make sure that you don't regain the weight, that your results will be permanent, that you will have the tools to be successful for life. We're not here for a short time. We're here for a long time. We want you to look the way that you look or that you want to look. We want you to feel your best. We want you to have a level of confidence and energy that you haven't felt before, but we want that to be sustainable. And that's what we do. The foundation of what we do starts with neurotyping, understanding your personality, and then it starts with metabolic priming, making sure that you are keeping your body and metabolism in the prime position to respond, to stay healthy and strong, to support your activity, your recovery, to give you the results that you desire. And then we integrate the lifestyle pieces that are important to you so that you don't have to be miserable, that you can actually enjoy the process and thrive and still be social and get the comments from friends. Like, I can't believe you look as good as you do and you're eating a burger and fries. Those are the best type of comments to be like, holy shit, I can still have a drink. I can still have a burger. I can still have pizza and I can look the way that I want to look. That is what we deliver. So all I'm going to say is if you need some guidance, if you need some accountability, just reach out, just shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Instagram, it's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And Facebook is just my name, Mike Milner. You can send me a friend request, send me a direct message. I would love to chat. Here's what's going to happen. If you reach out, I am going to ask you some questions to see if you're a good fit. I will not chase you down because I have sometimes, I've had people that, that message me. They say, hey, your program sounds amazing. I would love to see if I'm a good fit. And I say, great, I'm going to send over some questions. And I send over the questions and I don't get an answer. And why I do it this way is because I am qualifying you. If you can't take action and answer some questions for me to see if you're a good fit, then I can tell you that you're not a good fit because that is like the lowest barrier of entry, literally just answering some questions. I might send you some stuff to read. I might say, hey, read through this post and let me know what you think. Let me know if everything sounds good. And if I don't get an answer, I'm not going to hunt you down because that is the barrier of entry. You have to actually commit and and respond and answer those questions. And then we can find out if it's worth moving forward. That is literally like the minimal barrier of entry. And if you can't do that, then I can promise you that it's not the right fit. So that's the process. You shoot me a message. You say, hey, I'm interested. I respond. I give you some questions to answer. If you answer those questions, I'll tell you honestly why you're a fit or why you're not a good fit and where to go. So if you're not a good fit, I'll say, hey, I think this is where you should start. Anyway, that is the process. That's why I do things the way that I do. And that's why we are so successful. That's why we've been able to flip the success rate completely on its head. And, and you know, in regards to, in comparison to the rest of the diet industry, which has a 2% success rate. And we have over 90% success rate. And the only reason it's not 100% is because I can't force everyone to communicate. 
And sometimes that's just, there's a lack of communication. And sometimes, you know, we just miss, sometimes we're not perfect and we need more time. And we just, for whatever reason, I can't say that we bat a thousand because I'd be lying, but pretty damn close. I will take our odds up against anybody else any day of the week. So with that being said, hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you know what to do. Um, Hit me up. Let me know your thoughts. If you enjoy this episode, please take a screenshot and post it to your stories and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And as always, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And hopefully you have everything you need right now to understand how to avoid weight regain. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you guys soon.